0: From McKinsey's Banking and Securities Practice, I'm Matt Cook, and this is Talking Banking Matters, short audio content for leaders in banking, securities, and beyond. In this episode, we talk with Ofec Lavian, the co-founder and CEO of the social sector payment startup Forage, which brings digital payments to the distribution of food assistance in the United States. A veteran product manager, Ofec worked at Uber and Instacart before co-founding Forage, When the pandemic pushed online grocery shopping from novelty or luxury status to a necessity for so many, one group of customers in the United States had far fewer options, food assistance recipients. The complexity and regulation involved in building a system that could let recipients use their electronic benefit transfer, EBT cards, inspired Offec, who was working at Instacart at the time. He soon left to co-found Forage, which is today a USDA-approved third-party payment processor and PIN provider, that authenticates and processes EBT transactions. By enabling grocers to accept EBT digitally and food assistance recipients to grocery shop more easily, Forage seeks to help grocers access a broader range of customers. We spoke with OFEC late in 2022 and started by asking him to describe what Forage does.
1: In really in eight words, Forage enables businesses to accept food stamps online. Our mission is fairly straightforward uh, and we're a mission-driven payments company. We offer an API, it helps make it incredibly easy for businesses to accept regulated payments, and starting with, with EBT. EBT stands for Electronic Benefit Transfer. It's the primary mechanism by which the, the U.S. federal government and state governments disperse funds to Americans in need. The largest program there is SNAP, S-N-A-P, which stands for the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, previously known as Food Stamps. Food stamps have actually been around since the 1930s and not only helped feed many Americans that struggled with hunger over the past century, but also was a way to help address food surpluses from different agricultural hubs in the country. And so it simultaneously helped solve the problem and get food to those that need it most. Till this day actually continues to be one of the main mechanisms by which the U.S. government supports those that are most hungry.
0: Food assistance and social benefits generally is not that common a path among the startups receiving funding from the likes of fintech specialist firm Nika Partners, PayPal Ventures, and even ofex's previous boss, Instacart founder Apuva Mehta. We asked Offek to talk about the path that led him to his work helping grocers accept EBT payments, which involves navigating daunting regulatory hurdles.
1: I've had the privilege of working in payments for the better part of the last decade, working at internet marketplaces, including Uber and Instacart, and for decades now there've been multiple api first payments companies including industry leaders like stripe like braintree paypal checkout.com Audien, et etc and yet when it came time to enable food stamps during the pandemic which we saw as a massive opportunity while i was the head of payments at instacart there was no business that had an api to be able to accept food stamps online and so we we worked with first data And it was the only business that actually had built out the capabilities to accept EBT online. And so the problem found me and what we found now is over the pandemic, as the adoption of food delivery has accelerated and by many, many years. And I think when I was at Instacart, I think we saw our top line numbers quintupling during the year of 2020 alone. And so the the adoption of food delivery has, has massively grown and in The retail space, EBT is such a large part of the ecosystem. Just for for reference, food is the second largest spend category for the average American household outside of housing. And in North America, it's roughly a trillion dollars a year that gets spent on food and groceries. And EBT is about a $200 billion market with Snap being the largest of that. And so in the offline world, most retailers see an average of 15% of groceries sold being attributed to EBT. And as everybody's businesses was shifting online, and certainly I was at the forefront of that at Instacart, there was a huge missing piece and had many retailers asking, when can we enable this online?
0: As one might expect of a startup entering such a complex environment involving operational, technical, and regulatory challenges, the experience has offered Forage some intense learning experiences. We asked Ofik to talk about the most important challenges his company has faced and how they've overcome them.
1: The first thing that I learned about online EBT is that there were a lot of questions on how big of a market this is and whether this was viable and whether people that rely on government assistance to buy food would ever use online delivery mechanisms. And having done hundreds of UX interviews and in my role leading payments at Instacart, I found that there's actually a lot of really strong product market fit for online EBT. For example, one in four SNAP recipients are actually on some form of disability many on a physical disability, meaning that it is actually hard for them to go physically to the grocery store. There's many senior citizens, for example, receive government assistance for food as well. And we now, through Forge's API, enable food delivery to happen online. Many recipients live in food deserts, which means geographically, unlike myself who lives in San Francisco, where I can walk in many different directions and hit a few different grocery stores. That's not the reality for many parts of the country, especially if you think of rural states, We also heard a lot about the actual physical experience of going to a grocery store and having to use EBT or food stamps, that there was embarrassment or shame of using these food stamps of somebody looking behind you, of having your transaction be declined. One of the great things about being able to transact online is that Forage and our API provides anonymity. And then lastly, we found that there was, across the demographic of recipients, more limited car ownership, high reliance on public transit, and many individuals that actually were 1099 workers meaning that they are, many of them are working gig jobs, including at Instacart and DoorDash and Uber. And what, what that means is that every hour that they're out grocery shopping is an hour that they're not providing income for their families. And so for those reasons, we've actually found that it's been a really, really powerful product market fit. And I think just as we've seen online grocery delivery skyrocket and accelerate in terms of adoption over the past two plus years. Similarly, since EBT has been move to online, we've seen a really, really fast adoption as well with triple digit growth year over year. As an early stage CEO, I feel really blessed and grateful to be working on a space that is at the intersection of technology, macroeconomics, public policy. I think that because we have a mission that speaks to so many people, and as we look out to the market, so many individuals want to work on something meaningful, and they want to wake up energized by something. We've had, for example, while building up the team, a really high yield rate of I think something like 90% of offers that we extend are accepted because it's a mission that really resonates with them. So I think that that's the one thing that I've really learned and I feel grateful for is working on something that matters and that has the potential to impact so many people. And In this case, the 42 million low-income Americans that rely on government assistance to provide food for their families.
0: EBT is not a simple system. Ofik has said in the past that working on it has been one of the most complicated things he's done in the payments industry. We asked them to explain what makes EBT particularly complex compared to other types of payment processing.
1: EBT is incredibly complex. I think if it were easy, more people would be doing it. And so in some ways, it's an opportunity for us that it is so challenging. For reference, 250,000 retailers in the US accept EBT in their brick and mortar locations, but fewer than 200 it online. And so it's like a largely 99% plus unpenetrated opportunity. Um, that is growing triple digit year over year. To simplify, I think that enabling EBT online is a two-pronged challenge. It's both a technical and a regulatory challenge. On the technical side, we're, we're the only company that has built out an API that makes it incredibly easy to enable EBT online. And on the regulatory side, we've built out a team of experts that know the USDA process better than anybody and works directly with the USDA's FNS, which is the food and nutrition services arm of the USDA. And we meet with them weekly and we are experts in it. And I certainly know that from my experience at Instacart, it took me nine months to go and build out this business, both on the integration and the regulatory side, because I didn't know what I was doing. And I was building it for the very first time and having making lots of mistakes along the way. For example, I think i had submitted five different versions of our business requirements document, which was basically our application to the the USDA to be able to accept EBT online. And and now we pride ourselves in being able to walk, walk all of our customers through it and get it right on the first time, because we can offer an advisory role and perspective. And so again, as I think about the ecosystem, there's actually a lot of really great payments technology companies out there. And if this was purely a software problem, I think it would have been solved by now and Forge wouldn't exist. And so if on if your online basket, you've got $100 in your basket, but $50 of it is meat and produce, and veggies and fruit, et cetera, but $50 of it is other items, whether it's alcohol or toiletries and toothpaste, et cetera, or even just the Instacart delivery fee, those funds can't be paid for with EBT. And so we had to build a mechanism to have split tender transactions, which is when the customer clicks checkout, they're actually not sending a single API call to Stripe or Audien to just go through the traditional payments rails, they're sending two API calls, one through the EBT state programs and one through their traditional card acquirer. And then additionally, in the EBT space, EBT items paid for with an EBT card are actually tax exempt. So you have to also build out a tax calculator and look up item eligibility. And so as you look down the layers of complexity, there is a lot that needs to be built by a retailer. And so we've been able to take the hardest parts of the problem and build products around them to simplify the launch time and and now I'm proud to say that our average merchant launch is something like 12 to 14 weeks compared to the nine months it took me at Instacart.
0: It's a truism of startups that once a company begins to grow quickly, maintaining the company culture and a focus on its vision gets more difficult. Ofek talked with us about how he and his colleagues at Forage handle this challenge.
1: It's such a good question, and it's one that I, I hope that I continue to be asked a, as we grow. And for reference, we were three people in Y Combinator a year and a half ago in the summer 2021 batch. We're now 30 people. And so we've 10X'd in about 18 months. I think there's two things. I think the first is it's a self-selecting group of people. I remember when I was at Uber, Travis Kalanick had a a really famous saying that he said multiple times that has really stuck with me, which was that at Uber, he wanted missionaries, not mercenaries, or people that really believe in the mission. And that if you hire people because they're mercenaries or because you're offering them the highest cash compensation, their loyalty only lasts as long until the next person goes and offers them a slightly better salary. And so luckily, I think part of the reason why thus far, even as we've grown 10X, we've been able to keep a strong culture uh, with our mission at the forefront is a self-selecting group of people that really care about this. And is actually one of the criteria we used to evaluate before we, we extend an offer. I think the second is we, we're a remote workplace. And so we've had to build some, some rituals to be able to, to be a, a close-knit group. So for example, every Monday morning, we have a weekly kickoff with actually every single department, whether that's finance or marketing, sales, et cetera, talks about their priorities for the week and others get to jump in and and offer their help or assistance or guidance on what their priorities are for the week. And then my favorite part of every week is on Fridays, um, we actually have a retrospective where we take an hour for the whole company. We do a round robin, different person leads it every week. And and we each write down on, on a virtual whiteboard what went well this week, what went wrong, who we want to praise and what the main takeaways are. And I think that building small rituals, especially during a remote or a hybrid workspace, is really, really important and I think becomes actually more and more challenging as we grow, which is why I, I try and every time I talk to the company or to investors or to candidates, I try and really talk about our mission as much as possible.
0: Forage has strong backing from some payments industry mainstays, and we wondered whether Offek and his co-founders specifically sought them out.
1: Yeah, I, I feel incredibly lucky to have so many exceptional investors in the business. I think that as we looked at our potential investors, we, with capital being somewhat commoditized, we wanted to make sure that we got, we had people on the cap table that weren't going to be able to help us with our challenges. And so as I look at each one of those investors, like Nika, for example, having a a history of, of supporting not only payments companies like Affirm, but actually funding the, the only other EBT business that I'm aware of that's venture backed, which was Propel. So showing conviction in the space. And showing that they they are highly aware of it was really helpful. Working with PayPal, of course, I believe the largest public payments company, and of course, a huge vote of confidence getting the support of Instacart's founder, Apurva, who I think after maybe one phone call when I told him what I was going to leave Instacart to go do, he gave up on convincing me to stay and, and pretty much wrote a blank check site unseen. And I think it it goes to show a lot when you have somebody that you work with in that capacity uh, to be able to say, hey this is, yes, this is a big problem. Yes, this is a big opportunity. We saw it firsthand. And in the case of Instacart, we're able to build it into a multi-billion dollar business line. I think looking back at last year when we were fundraising, I didn't realize how turbulent it was going to be. And so I feel very lucky that we raised when we did and now have the runway. So we now have, I think at this point, something like six years of runway that we can we can outlast whatever turbulent times are ahead of us. We also are a counter-cyclical company. And so it means that During downturns is actually when we can help SNAP recipients the most. So food at home is now north of 11% year over year with categories like eggs, 50% year over year that are particularly hitting the most vulnerable amongst us as you think about low income Americans struggling to be able to provide food for their families.
0: Given Ofik's long-term view, we wanted to know whether Forage plans to develop additional products outside of their core area or whether their vision is to stick to scaling the core. And of course, if they see other products, what might they be?
1: Yeah, I think this is a really good question. One that I actually, I spent a lot of time thinking about because as I mentioned earlier, our advantage is that we're singularly focused on EBT. And I think if that's all we ever did, I think we'd be able to build a generational company while also helping tens of millions of people. And so I I think today we are laser focused on that and we actually don't spend any of our time thinking about anything beyond EBT. We have so much work to do. And as I mentioned, 99% of retailers that actually even accept EBT in store don't accept it online yet. I do think, though, that looking behind a multi-year time horizon, if we're lucky enough to have success in EBT, that there are actually other similar adjacent government programs that, like EBT, have not transitioned to online commerce. As I look out and think about programs like HSA, FSA payments, education savings accounts, commuter transit, Medicare, Medicaid, and, and many others, you see that the U.S. government, and this is just domestic, spends trillions of dollars a year supporting multiple programs many of which have not transitioned online and so with my own payments background knowing what is possible in traditional card payments and knowing what has been possible online when you're paying with your credit debit or prepaid cards i think that there are many many other opportunities to also build complementary programs in other spaces i think that we've got a lot of work to do before we can think about that but if we have built a really great product that for example can handle split tender and be connected to back-end regulatory programs and has expertise in handling really complex integrations with, with merchants, then certainly I think that, that we have an opportunity in other regulatory programs to transition. Unfortunately, the, the U.S. does not have a monopoly on hunger and there are many, many other countries that similarly fund large portions of the population to be able to get food. I'm not yet an, an expert, but as I, as I look out at a multi-year time horizon, I think certainly, The two major paths of growth for us are international and complementary, different government programs.
0: Partnerships are a key piece of building market share for payments companies. We asked OFEC about how Forage thinks about them and the types of partnerships they're looking for as they seek to build out the future for their customers.
1: We're talking to virtually anybody that sells food and groceries online. We are either talking to or interested in talking to. And certainly I think we're, we're at the early stages of not only EBT online, but also in overall the trend of, of being able to buy your groceries online. So in many cases, we're talking directly to retailers. In many cases, we're talking directly to food delivery platforms, but we're also really lucky to have partnered with some phenomenal companies, including Shopify. We've launched the the only gateway in the Shopify ecosystem that allows Shopify merchants, many of which are actually mom and pop micro brands to be able to accept EBT funds online. We also have partnered with platforms such as Flash Food, which helps be able to to sell near uh, food that is almost expiring to help reduce food waste with many retailers. And through them, we're working with a handful of the largest grocery retailers in the country. And so as we look out at all the partnerships, I think because our mission is so important to us and because we're laser focused on helping provide food for those that need it most in the country... We're talking to anybody that can help us accelerate that vision, including multiple different payment partners for distribution.
0: Payments companies' interactions with regulatory bodies generally involve banking or consumer protection. But for Forage, it means working with the United States Department of Agriculture, which oversees food assistance. We wanted to hear about how this works for Forage.
1: So we meet weekly with the USDA every Tuesday. And I think that for many merchants, and certainly when I was at Instacart, A foreign process, my background's in product management. I'm used to testing things and not asking for permission and getting data and making informed decisions based on what I'm seeing users doing in the world of EBT. We had to go and ask for permission of, Hey, can we enable it this way? Do we have to make this change? You can't, for example, have an order minimum. The prototypical Silicon Valley product manager, I think struggles with the amount of government involvement in this highly regulated product. I think now our relationship, being on the other side at Forage as a provider, we view them as a partner and, and hope that they view us as a partner as well To because we have a shared mission. And so as you think about traditional government agencies, et cetera, I think one of the knocks or one of the maybe weaknesses that, that most people think about is it not being fast moving or not having technology resources. And I think we're able to to actually solve uh, a very, very huge gap for them in their product offering and be able to, to help them realize their vision of launching EBT online. And so in that way, I think it's been a really great partnership.
0: In addition to Forage's potential to open a wider variety of grocers to food assistance recipients, the possible ripple effects of expanding the access of such recipients and grocers to each other seems promising, especially if Forage eventually turns its attention to other areas of the social safety net. It's long been understood that benefit recipients pay a kind of poverty tax in which the process of receiving and using benefits is so onerous and time-consuming as to obscure paths to prosperity. In the United States, where so many benefit recipients live in food deserts, where they must travel far on limited public transportation to access what may be limited selection of healthy foods, Forage's offering seems promising. On behalf of McKinsey's Banking and Securities Practice, thanks for listening to Talking Banking Matters today. We've got a series of conversations planned, so we'll look forward to you retaking your front row seat to listen in on more industry leaders from the world of fintech, banking and digital talk about their work shaping the future of this industry. For now, wherever you are today, thanks again for listening.